This is going to be a, a tight 90 minutes, obviously, two and a half hours into this episode. Uh, so we got plenty of time the rest of the week to do the, uh, the five other podcasts. Iron Brains, a podcast that, after a one-week hiatus, is recommitting to a focused, segment-oriented show that is in and out in less than two hours. That's not an over-under. Don't want to hear it. My name is Bob, <laughs> sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing tonight, Lori? What's the, like, I don't believe you? What's the adjective for that? My wife doesn't believe me. Tonight is Monday, November the 6th, 2023. Abe, we uh, took last week off. We had uh, children's birthdays. We had Halloween. Uh, You had to record a 14-hour episode of The (laughs) Biffler on uh, last Wednesday night. Uh, which I think is technically still going because I listened, <laughs> I punished myself. I listened to three hours and 23 minutes of your godforsaken uh, other your podcast. Fault. Your fault, and it, remember. It never ended. Like, it, 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 <laughs> technically, the recording ceased, but there was no, no button was put on the end of the conversation. There was no, we'll talk to you next time. There was no final thoughts. It was just eventually. The talking faded away, right. and the uh, whatever the digital rights management free uh, Google Music from like Google Photos that you guys use we at the end of the podcast. We dollar for that. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. uh, that that fades up as Mike just fades away, <laughs> and then that's the end of the. Uh, I was left there. If if this were the Biffler, I would say that I had been left with a vicious case of blue balls because every single reference that you guys make has to end with either. Uh, Erpen talking about uh, uh, male ejaculate uh, yes. happening or not happening. That is the, right. the, the, the only binding metaphor <laughs> that holds at all times over at the Biffler is uh, either, either the successful release of male ejaculate or the failure of male ejaculate uh, to be uh, thrown forth. And so uh, I, what I'm saying is uh, – it was disappointing at the end of that three and a half hours. Well, you know, that was all by accident, uh, some sort of editing issue. But, you know, maybe I'll uh, float the idea. You know, maybe we should chart a new course. The show should just be like a slice of life. It just kind of just peters out. Like, that should be our new game. I kind of like that. It just kind of ends without you knowing that you're hearing sort of the music. Like- that was what uh, some folks said about The Sopranos, where it's like one day in 1999, David Chase showed up and just turned the cameras on and we watched The Sopranos' life go. unfold in front of us. And then uh, some seven, eight years later, they just they just turned the lights off and that was that was the end. And we just don't – we get no more of a peak of it. Right. I think that, that sounds like a anyway, good idea. Uh, couldn't record Wednesday. By the time Thursday came around, it's like, well, we can record Thursday. I got to edit all day Friday. My stupid dog hasn't had a bath in like three weeks. Didn't want to put that off any longer. So, and we're going to record again this week. Anyway, right. might as well kick the can down the road, Congress style, and, uh, and just wait. So that's what we did. 
but here we are. Anyway, I went to uh, Starbucks on, what was that, Saturday morning? Saturday, because we're rich. No, not because we're rich. <laughs> uh, normally, I would never splurge in such a fashion unless uh, absolutely necessary. I make coffee at the house. It's uh, 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 pennies on the dollar compared to, to purchasing right. it. Uh, out there in the world. But I got a, a Starbucks gift card from a nice uh, little leaguer who was appreciative of my coaching this past season. Oh, nice. Which is, it's a nice gesture, right? But uh, that means that I've got uh, $20 to spend at Starbucks. So I had to go uh, start spending it. And I, I pull up to the Starbucks, which is about five, seven-minute drive away from our house here. It's in a strip mall, one of these strip mall Starbucks's where it's it's on one. It's a strip mall of like three. There's like four. Yeah, there's like a nail. There's a. It's like a nail salon. There's a pizza place. There's it's either a T-Mobile or a Verizon outlet there. You know, where the very fancy aluminum and glass and all of the neon lights and like uh, that's where the poor people go to pay their cell phone bills. <laughs> Just always that's the only people who are ever in there. There's well, like you know, four they're, they're being blacklisted by the bank. The big banks are. Uh... They kick him out, and there's no other way. It's a whole scam. Yeah, but but then like, what are those what are those sad polo shirt wearing employees at these T-Mobile and Verizon stores do all day? Like they're just sitting there dicking around Wait on their phones people. every time I look in there, and then <laughs> somebody walks in, and it's either a poor person who has to pay their bill, and or... visually poor, or are you making some other judgments? Like uh, what would give you the impression that they're poor? Uh, walking around all sloppily. If you're, I'm just saying, if you're going into poor. if you're going into the cell phone retail outlet in order oh. to pay your overdue bill, I'm going to make some certain assumptions about you. All right, overdue uh, bill, another assumption. They can't just be on time. Oh, it's Friday. Here I go. Here's that check. Maybe, maybe that, maybe I've, maybe I've done them wrong. No, of course you have. I will adjust my no anything awful assumptions going forward. While you go to Starbucks. I'm going to start taking pictures of While these people that I see. For and I'm going to send them to you, you <laughs> asshole. And I'm going to ask you to tell me how wealthy you think these people are. Anyway. Uh, and the other, the only other people who walk into these cell phone stores are the olds, like the boomers who are like, yeah. ah, the phone doesn't They're work. They're setting what their the way. And, they, yeah. and then okay. they hand the phone so to the person. So while you tell your story about what's going to happen next, you think about those boomers. All right, all right. Uh, I think Lori's uh, doing some light foreshadowing there and asking me to uh, look at my own complaints about the world. But anyway, uh, so like I said, there's four or five units in this strip mall. A relatively new development just opened uh, since the pandemic started, probably in the la- at some point in the last couple of years. And Starbucks is the anchor of this uh, whole thing. Uh, there's a local pizza place that's fairly successful. But yes. Uh, but yeah, basically Starbucks. I think it's safe to say is the anchor. It's there. Just off the highway, there's a sort of mid-level hotel there as well. And then right down the street from it is the big new grocery uh, shopping center and, and like, Dick's Superstore and that sort of thing. Okay. Anyway, it's so, fine, whatever. I pull into the, the little roundabout there. And the way that Starbucks drive through works when it's in a strip mall is it – it goes around the whole goddamn building, right? Yeah. So you get a standalone Starbucks. Sometimes you see them in like uh, in like old banks, uh, where like the Starbucks is because there's not as many retail banking outlets any longer, and so Starbucks takes over. It also works because isn't Starbucks like like the amount that they hold in their like they are like a bank? How are they like a bank? Oh, oh, hold on. 
You're saying they have a lot of cash on hand? No. Which would not be like a bank. It has $1.6 billion in outstanding gift card balances. Oh, no my. Shit. So they're like a bank. Wow. That's insane. That's what I'm... It's an interest-free loan from its customers. So, like, that's why they're, like, one of the largest banks in that way. Well, there's a lot to be said about that, actually. That's a, that's a good That's what I'm saying. You said they occupied banks, and I'm saying there's a lot to be said about that. But all those gift card things are scams. A lot of these gift card things, anytime I'm given a gift card, usually, like, in a work setting, oh, you... Whatever. You're still here, and you're not terrible here's like a $20 $25 gift card for whatever I just like thank you and as soon as they're out of sight I just throw it away because I'm not going to use it like it's not you I don't want like, yeah, like, to give it to me for fuck's just, sake <laughs> I have in my pocket right now like six months ago when or a year ago whenever the, the boosters happened I guess to incentivize people taking their uh, vaccine they were giving out $100 gift card and I'm like okay well $100 are going to keep to where so, Anywhere, it's like a regular Visa gift card, and it oh expired. I mean, you can renew it, but it expired in October, and it's now November. And I realize I've never used it. It's just something about gift card I just hey, don't use. Just hook it up to the to the gambling app and spend it there. If you're not going to spend <laughs> it, just do no, no, that. no, no. Give it to me. Yeah, or give it to Lori. <laughs> there should be or... some sort of exchange program where I could just send there it is. to somebody. So else. That, you're, you bringing that up has reminded me that. There was a there were forums online, and I'm there sure are. they still exist. You can go on Reddit probably and do it, where you're like, I have a gift card to fucking Logan's Roadhouse or something, and I never go to a Logan's Roadhouse. Does anybody want to oh, trade me? Or they or exist. like, could I? I have fifty dollars to uh, Chili's, and I I've sworn off Chili's because of a very annoying commercial that I saw back in 2009. <laughs> so I will sell you this fifty dollars for twenty five dollars. How about that? Let's uh, let's work it's high something. High effort up. for Abe. It is high effort. Just That's not Abe's style. Just take a picture of it. Just go to the it. goddamn chilies, Abe. And they make no, no, good no, no, chicken no. nuggets. Just it's take fine. a picture of it and send it to the group chat. That's right. I should do we'll that. We'll take care of that pesky <laughs> gift card for you. It's just the burden. It's like very burdenous, like the, burdensome, rather, to have to deal yes, with the, this the, thing. The burdens of being a, a slightly above adequate IRS uh, lifer. <laughs> you end up with too many $25 gift cards. Not I've learned long. how uh, the accounting works for gift cards. I know all about it. Anyway, uh, old man, what is your problem? Anyway, uh, pull up the Starbucks, and it's one thing to see a line around the building at a Chick-fil-A, which is just Chick-fil-A, or at a, at a Starbucks when it's a standalone Starbucks. A line around the building at a standalone coffee shop can only be so long, right? Because, uh, you know, it's small building usually but when it's a whole strip mall and it's a line around like a a full city block practically of people pulling up also bad timing because there was a uva home game like gearing up sure it was like 10 30 in the morning on a saturday there's a 2 p.m uva game so there's people out and about in town in perhaps getting uh, into town they're getting their coffee right so I said, I'm not getting in this. Like, we were on our way to the Calvin soccer game. I'm not getting in this drive through lane that's got 40 fucking cars in it. That would be crazy. I'll just go inside where, no doubt, there's a, there's a, a shorter line. So I parked my car. There's, a, there's a, a couple of parking spots in the parking lot right in front of the Starbucks. I walk inside, and there's one person in line at the register. And I walk up, and within, like, 10 seconds, I'm ordering uh, my drink. Great. 
great job by me. I have gotten in front of uh, some 40-odd customers, no doubt. And in my head, I'm like, I've done the right thing. And then I stood there and waited for 15 minutes for them to make my iced coffee uh, because what they do at the Starbucks is that they take your ticket and they put your ticket at the end no matter what. No way. So like, yeah. So walking in and placing the order gains you no priority in the system whatsoever. And because I'm not I'm not competing with the asshole who walked into the Starbucks 10 seconds before I did, I'm competing with everybody With everybody who ordered before you. Who's got a fucking phone? Uh and You who, also have a phone. Right, and who places the order on the app or on the website or what have you uh, before I walked in the door. And so I, I, I go and I stand in the in the pickup area, like the waiting area, and there's like no fewer than 25 Starbucks drinks just sitting there on the counter uh, waiting to be picked up by mobile orders. And what I notice is that uh, as as more tickets come in and they're, they're putting them on the ticket line that they have there, like fucking 10 at a time. And nobody else is walking in. But I watched the girl take my ticket off of the ticket printer and put it at the end of a line that's got like 30 fucking stickers already there, right? So like there's no, – and no, like I said, no priority is given. And so I just – I'm standing there fucking waiting like an asshole for – 30 minutes, or sorry, it's like 17 minutes I think I spent inside the store, while people who placed an order on the app and then got to Starbucks and got in the drive-thru line, uh, while their drinks were just sitting there on the counter and more and more drinks keep coming in. What I'm saying is Starbucks, which does uh, some obscene number of billions of dollars in revenue every single year, uh, has a very stupid system for how they uh, they manage their order intake and what they do with the orders as they come in that uh, would not stand for me, uh, a former quick serve uh, pizza restaurant employee and manager. $1.6 billion they're just hanging on to. Did the, a, a couple of questions. Did they appear to be short-staffed? Like, is this like a... A process that they they did because they didn't have the I don't know, two. There were like half a dozen. There were like half a dozen of those people running it's, around back there so making drinks. That, was... because of the timing, that's probably as just like you've run a restaurant. Like short staffed. Is it short staffed when you're just busy? Yeah, they were busy. I wouldn't say they yeah, were necessarily yeah. like, short staffed. Right. But like right. when you're super busy, you feel like oh, we could use some more people. Right. But you can't because that's just the problem. Is here's here's where I see the problem is that they're expediting. They're not doing any expediting of orders. They're just making the drink as the order comes in and not not putting any thought into or logistics into uh, how that process is going to unfold. In my opinion, Five Guys on the other hand does it better. So man, we must be fucking rich because later that very day we ordered uh, dinner from Five Guys because we didn't wow. have our fucking kids. Which is Surging how you know that. Saturdays. Oh, oh we're gonna splurge because the kids went to the my mother's house uh, to spend the night there, and so uh, you can spend like literally half as much money when you don't have two extra mouths to feed. It's like ah, I guess we're fucking going out uh, because it does. It's not gonna cost this goddamn sixty dollars uh, to go get burgers at five guys anyway so you place the order at five guys and it's like let us know you place the order great but let us know when you're on the way 
like click and click a further button here when you when you're on your way and then we'll get started on it and then let us know when you have arrived at the restaurant and then we will and then that communicates Pro tip, lie if you want to lie yeah by all <laughs> means lie um you're there now but saying i'm here doesn't start your process it just lets them start it, it's like it's like uh the second part of the process when right. the, you say that you're on your way that's when they actually put your order on the make line i think and then when you say that you're there that's when they start uh dealing with the fries situation because the fries are uh, they don't want to put your fries on the in the bag until you're just about to be there i think is is the goal here the point being is that they have a system in place where a starbucks appears to just make the drinks as the drinks come in which is no way to do it when you consider the fact that a person is at home or on their way to the store or what have you and places the order on the app and then puts their ass in the line that's 40 cars long. There's no reason to have made that person's drink the moment right. that it came in when you can wait until they have come somewhere in the vicinity of your store, which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but every single drive through that's been built since 1955 or whatever has a system where you pull up to a speaker and you're still a number of spots away from the window. Right. So the the very obvious solution here is go ahead, place your order on the Starbucks mobile app all you want. But when you get to the store or when you get to that part of the drive through line, that's when you notify the store that it's time to make the goddamn drink. That's the solution to the problem. It's only if what you're doing a weird prioritizing the people in the store thing when in reality the people in the store are generally going to be the ones least in a hurry. Also, you're, if you're worried about expediting, you're going to prioritize the line that's wrapping around the building that's so you true. don't cause traffic. That's true, except for the except to the extent to which that line is people who have already placed an order and whose drink is sitting on a counter waiting for them to get to the front of a funnel. But you don't know funnel. that. But that's the thing. That is the, the entire – every single time – and because you can overhear the conversations going on. Uh, with the person who's on the mic uh, talking to the drive through line, 90% of them are mobile orders. 90% of the people in that line are just – they've already placed the order and they have nothing to say uh, besides my name is such and such or this is my order confirmation or something like that. It's just the, a bad system. So, okay, because – I do have a question. So people are ordering online on their phone. Then they go to the drive-thru to pick it up. Yes. Even though for those people, not you, but for those people, it would be just as easy and actually easier just to go in and pick up the thing that's sitting there, right? It would be a thousand times easier. Because like all of these people, their drinks are waiting on the counter for them while they're being dummies and getting in line behind some smaller number of people who have not ordered yet, some number of people who are just picking up their thing. So, I mean, in the future, obviously, yes, I will. If this happens again, I will place the order ahead of time. Ask your smart, capable, worldly wife how to order Starbucks. You're very smart. I, I have no doubt about that. Why did but, you not tap into that resource, uh, Bob? It's right there, because I Lori. thought I knew how to fucking get a cup of goddamn coffee. I thought that I thought that was in my wheelhouse. How. It's not. But it's been a few years, I it's guess. It's in your wheelhouse to go sit in a coffee shop and think or something. <laughs> and time them. 17 minutes, 24 seconds. That's some <laughs> bullshit. 
<laughs> I put but, a lot of th- I put a lot of thought. Sure, you have. In in the in the pizza days, this became a problem because th- this was at the dawn of the internet ordering situation, right? And we had to come up with a system that didn't allow us to become overwhelmed by the internet orders when we had customers who were standing there looking at us, like staring us in the fucking face. And they're like, well, sorry, but you're just 60 tickets down the line here. You're just going to have to wait. How many years ago was that? It was a long time ago. Okay. Things are different now. I know. But here's the thing, and, and here's why I, uh, I do think it is uh, a symptom of a larger problem, which is that those poor sorry assholes behind the counter there at the Starbucks had to look in the faces of 40 goddamn customers who were just waiting for their coffee drink. And they had no – they were not empowered or they had no system in place that would have allowed them to solve the problem of the 40 disgruntled people who were just standing there staring at them uh, waiting for their drinks because they uh, are trying to satisfy a, 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 a corporate team or a management team that has no interest whatsoever in anything besides the uh, the customer service metrics that they read out of that store, right? All they care about is what to, at what point did the order come in and how quickly did you clear it, right? right. That is that that that's the way that corporate or the, whether it's a I don't know how the Starbucks franchising system works or if they're all corporate stores or whatever, but like they're looking at certain metrics, which is mostly clear time. Starbucks has no fucking idea. Uh, how much time any one idiot spends in their store. All they know is the time between the time that the order comes into the store and the time that the team member or the employee clicks it off the system as made, right? They don't care the hold time of the drink as it sits on the counter because some asshole decided they were going to go to Wegmans before they went to pick up their Starbucks or something. So it just sits there for 20 minutes. That doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is how quickly are they processing that $7. But I find it hard to believe that a company like Starbucks, which, I mean, they have peak peak rushes, like first thing in the morning, right? You can't just have this inefficient system of placing orders, right? Like, it just right, but that's make- the thing. I'm the inefficiency that they're trying to train. They're they're not trying to train their employees. Yeah. They're training. They're they're trying to train me out of using their form. What 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 is now regarded as a completely broken and inefficient system, which is the talking to the person behind the counter. Right. That is that is a that is a thing of the past, right? That that is me, the old man, thinking, oh, I can beat this system by going and talking to the actual human being behind the counter and. And getting around the stupid long drive through line. No, they don't want that. They want me to put the app on my phone because I'm more likely to spend more money right. with the app on my phone. And and because it becomes a more seamless uh, experience for me. And so they, they want me to have a somewhat negative experience of walking up and having to talk to the person who makes the $15 an hour and, ha- and is on the goddamn health insurance and all the rest of it. When it is preferable that they have one fewer of those people behind the counter to talk to the uh, idiot customer who walks in off the street. Uh, And instead, I just do it on the app next time and I can just walk in and grab my uh, cup right off the counter there. Or someone else's for all they know. I can can see that they would want to discourage your your ways of doing because you're an old fossil. But like speaking of metrics, like, yes, I can Imagine, yes, so you press this button or an order comes in and then you press a button saying you're done and then whatever that is, they're like, okay, that was a successful uh, exchange because it was done 
you know, within the time frame that we want. But there, there isn't a way to track the, the, the gotaways, right? Like if I'm dry, turning into Starbucks and I see that line as you describe it, I'd say, fuck that. If I don't have a, a gift card or I don't have a bunch of time, I would just But you already placed the order on your phone. Okay. So, yeah, I guess if you, you place the order you're not, on your phone. I mean, I, who the fuck drives up to – who doesn't – place the order on their phone like so, why would you interact with someone when you don't have to so when we were uh in uh on long island like for work you know we, there was a, yeah. a, a, a dunkin donuts or whatever from the hotel yes and the office and we would just like just pick it up as we went and we were the only dummies that would go and talk everybody else would just kind of get by us just so they can pick it up from this rack of available stuff right yeah. so there are i guess on occasion uh, scenarios where that would happen, but that's pretty rare. Where if you're like in some random place and you're ordering it, I don't have a Dunkin' Donuts app. But yeah, you're right. I guess they are trying to promote this way of doing. But to me, it didn't make sense. If you're doing it that way, then you should always just go in and pick it up because if you have a line that that's that long, you're gonna be waiting for like 20 minutes. What was the point of ordering it online if you're gonna have to wait? In right. line. No, you're not. I don't, I don't, because people are – we are trained as Americans to be perfectly happy to sit in our cars and dick around on our phones and, and do whatever else. Like people don't even think of that as time. They're just like, oh, I mean uh, here I am. Fucking – I'll just play with my phone for 20 minutes while I sit so in line at the Starbucks. So now it's 9.30. I assume this is one of the things well, like you wanted I said, to talk about. It's uh, uh, recommitted to a focused, <laughs> yeah. segment-oriented – So I'm assuming – in and out in less that than two either hours. I'm right. Yeah, so you've been listening to Cast Iron. No. Uh, <laughs> By the way, do you think there's ever going to be a time where they'll, they'll they'll put us on a conveyor belt? Like you don't have to worry about like starting and stopping. You can just get on our little thing when you're, once you're in our drive-through, and the thing will just convey you to the front. You can just relax, watch your TV or Netflix in your car. I mean, Some you're describing like what cars should be. So yeah, right. No, but you have to like. There are occasions where I'm behind somebody and they're like totally disinterested in what's going on in front of them and they're just kind of holding up the line. You got to honk at them like, hey, you got to move a little. You got to lurch forward. Just ha- yep. take that away from and now, And now you're the asshole, by the way. If you <laughs> exactly. if you broke them out of their uh, reverie while they're, they were enjoying their YouTube or what have you on the phone, watching the TikTok, and you honk at them, you're the jerk. Nobody's ever like, fair enough. Thank you for uh, alerting me to my, um, you know, oversight. It's always like people are, are always It's upset. really hard to to give the, like, the, the acknowledge, like, the thumbs up looks sarcastic, right? Like, if you honk at some, if somebody yeah. honks at you because you weren't, you were adjusting the radio or whatever, and you give yeah. them the thumbs up, like, thanks, like, nah, now I, I, like, clearly that is a passive-aggressive right, thumbs up. That's not the up. finger you're intending, asshole. yeah. Right, right. Like, I don't know how to be like, yep, thanks, you got me. Like, I don't have a you got me sign or, or appreciate it or something like that. Anyway, uh, that was my experience at the Starbucks over the weekend. Did you uh, Did you have a good weekend, Dave? I, I did. You know, uh, I w- whenever there's like a decent enough of a game or, you know, Georgia's playing this week, this past weekend, I would go to the one of the neighborhood sports bars to watch it. And I think uh, we're... In the group chat, we're kind of talking about the, these expensive vehicles that uh, are being featured. Uh, I was just thinking, like, just watching this the game with a bunch of people. Uh, like, this year is, like, the golden year before next year. Because, like, this time next year, all the commercials will just be, like, obnoxious political ads, right? But, like, mm, odd year true. football season is always fun. Where it's just, like, so we don't, we don't have that. We don't get We don't much. get that break because we're on – we're on the opposite 
situation here where we have off year elections. We're going to get presidential ads. That's what I'm saying is we have the normal congressional cycle that we have to deal with every year. But then after every presidential election, the next year is a governor's race oh, here that's right. in you Virginia. Have the odd year thing. Oh, that's off right. Off. And then uh, and then so then the year after that is is the Congress turns over again. And then in the third year of any now. Like, like now, we have I'm important elections. Vote. We're supposed to vote again tomorrow. We don't we have want to. School board elections and, and other important no, local nonsense. No, we don't. Nonsense. We just have cray deeds is all that matters. That's all we have. We have state, we have state nonsense. Yeah, we uh, don't have – that county has school board, not us. Right. But it's like this – it's crazy. Everybody's crazy. So there are dirty. Uh, there's like a, there's a, a Scalia's, Scalia's granddaughter. Scalia's granddaughter is running for school board or something. No it's, kidding. It's getting she ugly. doesn't send her kids to public schools, <laughs> but she's running for public school board. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, they they can afford because uh, we have uh, some school board races on Tuesday here in Atlanta, but they're not at the level where they can afford TV. Oh no, huge it's money! Huge, huge money really? is being spent. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is. Are I didn't intend to talk about this, but oh, look focused. at. We're not talking about it then. Look, look at, at that. No, just briefly. Look at what happens in Virginia tomorrow, and I mean, we, we'll talk about it in terms of uh, Biden's recent poll numbers. But Virginia can be a bellwether for how badly things could go for Democrats next year. Like if if Virginia is still sort of on Glenn Youngkin's side now. Here in late 2023, then there's a there's reason to believe that that things could get ugly for Democrats nationally. I think in 2024, but uh, that we'll hold on to that for a moment. You mentioned that commercial. Uh, there's a the commercial that you're talking about is for the all electric Cadillac Escalade, which I don't believe is out yet. I think it's a 2025. Uh, coming soon, or t- maybe it's maybe 2024. I'm not sure, but the the, the all electric Cadillac. Escalade, which the Escalade was always like uh, an expensive, full-size obscenity. Um, But now more than ever. And I was watching that commercial and was just staggered by what I thought the price would be. Like in my head, I was like, I'll bet you that's a fucking $90,000 car. Can you imagine spending a hundred grand almost on a, on a a sport utility vehicle that you almost certainly don't need, right? Like, it's just like, it's just like, you don't, you just, sorry, you don't need a fucking eight or nine seat bus uh, at any point in all likelihood. And if you do, there are more practical ways of going about uh, uh, conveyance. Uh, so I Googled it up to find out uh, what the expected MSRP of this uh, all-electric Escalade is going to be. And it's $130,000, Abe, <laughs> which is like it's nearly half of what we paid for our house like uh, in 2017. Like it's not, but it almost is. Right. Uh, like it's, we moved in here in 2015. 2015, yeah. No, 2016. There you go. Split the difference there, as you as you snidely remark on my inability to uh, yeah, have a I good memory. But I figured it out. Uh, that is that is absurd. One hundred and thirty thousand dollars for uh, a single car, and it's not even it's not even like uh, I don't know. We used like Lamborghini or Ferrari right. or whatever, like the ones that we it's grew up. It's an American up. car. It's an American made car for one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. But who is like okay? So like what? I, I still don't understand this this target audience because you'd have to be what in the top five percentile of American income to spend that kind of money on a car. 
Like it is so far outside of what you know. What is the ninety fifth percentile of American income? Let's look that up. They're probably like you know like radiologists. Four hundred four hundred grand a year, year or something. Ninety fifth percentile is uh, this is according to the U.S. Census Bureau twenty twenty one greater than uh, two hundred eighty seven. <laughs> $286,000 a year. <laughs> it's, that, it's even lower than I thought. So, like, who is – like, there was another uh, commercial with Derek Jeter on it. He gets off, like, a private jet. He's like, oh, i got to get home to my family. And he gets onto one of these big cars. Like, I think it's a Jeep. But it's similar to this other car. And I bet you it costs the same. And he's, like, driving from, like, the airport to the house. That commercial infuriated me <laughs> because – and it's because I hate Derek Jeter. So I, I must acknowledge that up front. And I don't know if Derek Jeter, like, is that, first of all, is that his wife? That is actually in that his commercial? wife, yeah. yeah. Is, is it? I don't know about the kids. It, Maybe they have is, And kids? is that his family? Because there are stories about about Derek Jeter from his days as a bachelor. He, uh, he had uh, on the great New York bedside Yankees. manner, right? I mean, what do you mean? There was negative Yes, uh, with a, uh, <laughs> you, you could get a nice gift basket if you spent the night with Derek Jeter, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like his gift baskets were fucking legendary, and now uh, he's turned the 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 resume around such that he can be in this family friendly ad where like he just he's so desperate to get back to his wife and kids that what he gets off the private plane and buys a Jeep Wagoneer or right. something like I don't understand the he ad, did run over uh, some sort well. of animal halfway through like I mean that a lot of technology in that in that vehicle, but no again yeah. who is that like they're can they are catering to. A very small subset of Americans. Are they just trying to make the rest of the, us poor's like, like want this? Like, oh, in the future, when I get a promotion, I'm going to buy this overly big car. It's an odd is strategy. It just, is it just aspirational, and that, that's why be, they do it? There's, there's no way you have that many audience members who can afford this. Like, oh, next year we're going to buy that car. I'm going to lease it. Like, no. Well, maybe the, That's the, the thing. plan a lot is of people, for it to then become cheaper, and then people will buy it. A lot of people do lease these extremely expensive cars well outside of their uh, outside of Again, what they should be spending their money mother. on. This reminds me of a story I read in the New York Times today. Uh, behind the gates of a private world for only the wealthiest New Yorkers, and it goes through and outlines all of the different things that obscenely wealthy new yorkers spend their money on and it includes uh let's see here house managers and rotating nannies the going rate for a housekeeper is about 45 dollars an hour up from 30 dollars pre-pandemic she said and it is now widely expected that families will offer health insurance and other benefits to staff members keeping track of large staffs and several homes can of course be challenging some families hire an estate manager or chief of staff to run logistics and scheduling and an experienced hand can make up to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and it being can buy a chief them. of a chief of staff for a family. That's who's buying these cars. Yes, that's absolutely who's buying these cars. Instead of a babysitter working 40 hours during a work week, uh, Ms. Rogers says she now sees frequent requests for a group of two or more or three rotating nannies. They might spend four to seven days living with a family before passing the baton to the next nanny and rotating out for a few days. They typically make about $120,000 a year. Laundry specialists and private chefs. Private chefs command up to $150,000 a year while making only lunch and dinner for these people, uh, while breakfast is handled by the housekeeper. 
families are also increasingly interested in more niche roles like a laundress, a trained seamstress responsible for all matters related to clothes. An expert laundress might take 30 minutes to fully iron a button-up shirt, she said, and typically makes 50 to $60 an hour. The article goes on to mention a bunch of other nonsense, including uh, like sending your pets on private hikes for $250 a day, whereas like some asshole comes to your house and takes your pet up to the Adirondacks or something for the day. Uh, and there's like uh, you can get IV drips and on-demand emergency rooms. There are uh, like private clubs where you spend 100000 goddamn dollars and then ten dollars or $20,000 a year to belong to the club. Uh, you can buy – dinner reservations for like four or five six hundred dollars and that doesn't buy you dinner that just buys you a dinner reservation to then go to this goddamn restaurant and uh spend another thousand dollars or what have you on dinner anyway uh it's just an absolute obscenity i'll make sure that there's a link in the in the show notes do you think uh uh, any of them at any given time maybe they're brushing their teeth or or uh they're about to go to sleep and they think i have way too much money if i'm just Throwing money around in no, this No, they way. probably think they're just squeaking by. Yeah, they're most just of like them think they're else. just getting by because how can you possibly live the life of a normal American without a, a personal chef and a laundress who's right. going to iron your shirts for you? That's absurd. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who gives a shit news? Let's open up the, the WGAS news bag here. Uh, we talked briefly, and I then I cut it out of the show, about the, the Michigan... Uh, sign stealing scandal that's going on with the. Did the you guys talk about it? Michigan or was I Wolverines. There? You were there, but then. Ooh, it's so exciting! I, it's it's becoming more of a thing. There was a headline at the AP today that said ex college football staffer shared docs with Michigan, showing Big Ten team had Wolverines signs. So now what we're seeing is a backlash to this story, where someone is uh, produced documents that prove that. A former employee at another Big Ten football program said it was his job to steal signs, uh, to steal the Michigan signs among among other uh, teams' signs. And he proved that by sending a document full of Michigan's offensive uh, signs and signals to the people at Michigan. Why so this, uh, is- th- this person was doing this at another school for another school? Yes. And why are they – providing cover for Michigan because they don't think it's right that Michigan should be taking all of this shit when this is something that apparently <laughs> all of all of the schools do that is that is very charitable that's the, the, their only motivation to be fair they're doing it anonymously <laughs> in order to not uh, prevent the, the to harm their future job prospects. What the hell uh, kind of okay, Michigan but the point rival is, are they? That can be someone's job all day. Was this a person who was sent to watch games and videotape the sideline because that's the line. That's the difference. No one says that people aren't trying to steal signs. There is a clear difference that they've decided. This is not my opinion. I don't care. I just love this. Like they broke a rule. Right. And yeah. and, and I guess it sounds like it's a commonly violated rule or if this other school Apparent, is but like that is this guy saying his job was to go videotape other teams sidelines right i guess yeah or that, is that's he true, saying yeah. it's my job to steal their signs during the game like everybody else tries to do i don't think that he is admitting to a program of videotaping and so that like, sort of thing that is the difference right. then it's not the same 
Right. So then, then it didn't give them any protect any cover with Michigan. They, they I assume they they got rid of the guy that was involved at Michigan. He reti- He resigned. He resigned. They got right. rid of him. It, yeah. It, it had all and the. He mar- wrote a letter. It had all the the makings of like a like a like a stupid sports Watergate. Basically, it's like you know. Because I'm thinking at some point it's going to go all the way up to Jim Harbaugh. Like, when did he know it? And, like, because initially. Oh, it's, it's expected to happen very soon. Right. Like, today, the Big Ten let Michigan know that they were investigating. And. I assume this investigation is going to take longer than this season, right? To let, let them play well, out. This I year. saw something today that suggested that won't. they could go back and suspend Harbaugh some more because he started the season suspended right. and they could. Sort of preemptively, and that do was that a self imposed kind of thing, right? A goal, Michigan. We right. we're on it. You know, we're going to punish ourselves. Yeah, but, it's yeah. a very silly story. That like, part of me is like, why are we having sideline signals in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three? Because we like, don't have we, helmets. Put, put fucking radios in the yeah, kids' that's helmets. What everyone says, and that will solve the problem, right? Like right. you just give yeah. the. Because there's no dumber thing, and Georgia is is as uh, consistent in this regard as as any team that we watch. But the get up to the line, and then like everybody looks over to the sideline like right. this, like they they get up like, oh, we're gonna play football now, we're gonna play football. Everybody, watch out, we're gonna play football. And then the whole team turns their heads to the sideline. Also, to, no, the to thing get dumber the than that. Is having the guy hold up the big white sheet yeah. and then having your three different guys making three different signs like the monkeys, like the hear no evil, see no evil monkeys. Right. It's all dumb. Yeah. Stop that. Just give the <laughs> give the the linebacker or whoever the captain of your defense is a radio and give a quarterback the radio. And then uh, it's the end of the right. fucking stupid and, whole thing. And right? then what you are we can't- doing? And then you can't intercept that communications or something like that. But like it should be well, like the, you have the, no you right can, to privacy. But you hope that they don't. Right. But what I'm saying is like they shouldn't even have any sort of goofy rules. If if you are a paying member of the public, you can go there and watch somebody Gatorade tomatoes. Oh, that's the throwing play. Okay, and whatever. <laughs> uh, that's them's the breaks. Like you have to deliver that. If you're if you're communicating out in the public, I should be able to receive that public information. Just like hey, else. I'm going to need more examples of the signs on the side of college football because I like both Gatorade and tomatoes, but we're going to need more. Also, it seems I would like to see some once the dust settles and all these schools are uh, found out, which I doubt. But how valuable is this? Like, it seems like it's an easy thing to kind of manipulate, like to pretend that we're doing the same play and then just do something else like it sounds like they run well, the same. I mean, same. that's the the big question is like, why don't you change your signs yeah. every game? I assume like, that they change well, because it. you're change trying. Three? You've got to teach eighty five fucking idiot children how to interpret the signs. You don't want to have to change them every goddamn week. They'll get but, them like, all screwed up. Maybe have a rotating. You know, have we're doing we're doing the B list today. I don't know. Right. Seems like change your. Also, signs. like I mean, how did they manage back in the day? Didn't they have like a wrist? thing just like oh yeah they have the wrist well, thing but, so what he what the idiot quarterback has to do is he gets the sign from the sideline and it's like fucking gatorade tomato and he's got to look at his wrist and it says gatorade tomato and then it's like oh omaha forty seven nineteen. Yeah. and then he says oh and everybody knows what omaha forty seven nineteen is right but nobody knows what gatorade tomato is is, is sort of the hope <laughs> That's right. right i'm not sure it fucking matters most of the time with these kids right, right. like you want to get the right defense in against against the right play call 
But uh, that's what Kirby Smart said at the beginning of this whole thing was like, that's a lot more than I'm willing to deal with in a game. Like, I am worried about the play that's happening. I everyone's going to try their best. Yeah. Right. You know what? And it comes down to most of the time, I'm afraid uh, for all the money that they spend on these college coaches, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Right. It's not the X's and the O's, right. bro. That's just a uh, simple truth. And you put the best athletes on the field. The best athletes are going to prove out more often. Or than not. if you're the Kentucky coach, the best paid athletes. Yeah. Yes. But this has been a really lovely, exciting story for me to follow. And I suggest everyone Stop reading garbage news and only read about this Michigan sign-stealing stuff. It also possibly involves the brother of Ryan Day, coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. It is possible there is speculation that it's his brother that looked into this whole thing in the first place. It gets better and juicier every day. (laughs) Stop reading about all the other bullshit. Don't read about the school board. Don't read about the Middle East. Don't read about Eastern Europe. Just this. It will it will make your life better. A birds in North America will be renamed to avoid any harmful historical associations See? with people. This is bullshit. <laughs> so uh, a lot of birds out there. Cranky, have, cranky, cranky, Bob. Got to ruin everything. This is just an, an amusement to me. This is a, this is a glorious the 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 AP the Associated Press providing me with a delicious amuse bouche. This all feels tasty and good in my mouth. There are birds that have been named after bad people, and rather than going through and finding the individual bad people and changing them. We're just going to now rename any bird that is named after any person in history and rename it in a descriptive or geographical manner rather than uh, giving any historical recognition to uh, potentially bad humans. We're going to. I I wasn't aware the birds were named after bad humans. Is there like a Saddam Hussein, like Blue Jay or something? Like what? (laughs) What is. Uh, there were, uh, of course, you, in this country, of course, you always go back to the Confederate generals for oh. some reason. There, there was a there was a bird that was named after a Confederate general, and apparently, are you f- familiar with the Audubon Society? Like I've always heard about the National Audubon Society, and apparently, uh, that's a park in New Orleans. John, that's named after John James Audubon, uh, whose family owned slaves oh. uh, in New Orleans. Recently, the uh, National Audubon Society announced that it would retain its name uh, despite people calling for the name to change because of that, that sad fact about this, this person's family. But anyway, uh, that, that was just amusing to me that there are birds named after bad people and now we have to change the bird names to uh, not honor those dead bad people. The birds won't know. This is a uh, – this is, has to be one of those like too much time in your hand kind of problems because like – you would it wouldn't naturally come about where somebody oh my god I'm I'm an injured party I I heard these sounds about this evil guy and and associated with this pretty bird and somebody needs to do something like th- th- there's no way that actually happened in the real world somebody it's just, just has there's to- something very funny to me about imagining a person being out and about <laughs> in the world and they're a birder and they're committed to this right and they note the bird in their little birding notebook and then they go home and 
he's not online because to me, this is not a person that exists in the internet world. He goes home and he opens up his bird encyclopedia or what have you, and he he, find, he matches the the thing. He, he wrote down a very unique description of this bird, and he he matches it to the bird in his in his book, and he learns about the bird, and it's like, oh, it's named after uh, Colonel fucking fuckface, right. and he goes, he's like, I wonder. What Colonel fucking fuckface got up to in his life? And he goes on the on Wikipedia and he looks up Colonel fucking fuckface. And there's a there's that old GIF. I, I always I can never quite remember if it's a GIF or it's just like a kids in the hall thing. But I think there was a kids in the hall sketch where someone became incredibly injured by the smallest thing, right? Like he goes, like something just touches him or he hears something that's not quite right and he just collapses. Like his whole fucking world is shattered. And I imagine this this nice, sensitive little birder going on Wikipedia and he's Colonel fucking fuckface. He's like, oh, oh. Uh, and he's he's just fucking heartbroken because he looked up the n- asshole who was named after the bird. Like, where is the injured party no, here? Yeah. Like, you, we are imagining the harm here just to cause more harm. And I say this all the time, I guess. But, like, just the act of having this conversation is causing way more harm than the bird that's named after Colonel Fuckface. Right. Like, and it's not even close. Right. Like, it's it's not even close. I will say, though— if the name was bestowed upon the bird because they behaved in a similar way, then I could see that. Like if there was like some sort of if, bird, if the bird is a racist <laughs> <Yeah>. asshole, <laughs> then and he's named after a racist <laughs> asshole, yeah, then I agree. you should change the name. But other than that, uh, all right, uh, we were out uh, last week when we probably would have talked about the Lewiston shooting. Do you have anything to say? About the Lewiston, Maine shooting, Abe. I was not aware that there were different like levels of uh, like, you know, it's like the red alert or red flag laws. I heard what was it, a yellow flag? Apparently, like the state has some lesser version. Or- right, Maine does not have red flag laws. They have what other people would call yellow flag laws, which is uh, it, it. It's a much higher bar right. for. Uh, infringing upon someone's uh, God-given Second Amendment rights uh, to own a giant pile of guns while experiencing a mental health crisis, which is what, which is what old Bob Card uh, was experiencing uh, in the in the last nine months or so, apparently, and he had family members and colleagues attempting to alert the relevant authorities to his apparent desire to right. do mass violence, right. and it did not matter. So. It, it seems to me like, you know, th- there have been so many different permutations of, like, gun violence, like, and you can't, like, there was no law to prevent all of them. Like, a good example is the Vegas shooter, like, no clear motivation. He was, like, accumulating all these weapons over years. He just, one day, you know, just started shooting His motivation, uh, many of these many years later, seems to have been he just wanted to be the best. Right. So there's uh, no, like, <laughs> any kind of flag law. There's no magazine limitation there's nothing that could prevent that right that's like on one end of the spectrum but this was such a preventable thing because there were all of these warning signs there were family and co-workers and others who were like hey he's gonna losing it you know getting a little crazy he's hearing voices and he's hearing voices suggesting that he should kill a whole bunch of people with guns right that was that was the the very specific nature of the of the threat ahead of time that was not acted upon. Right. 
To uh, me, it seems like there should be like we should have. I mean, it doesn't matter where in the country you are. There shouldn't be anybody that's against this example. Oh, there's Abe like, who doesn't understand states' rights, no, but, Bob. <laughs> they can, Bob was complaining that they, people think there shouldn't be states. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what Lori's referring to here, but you were like, it seems like people think there shouldn't be states. Like no, they don't understand states. No, no, no. no, I was talking about nations, as in like nation states. That the a lot of these people who are reflexively free Palestine and ah, fr- from okay. the river to the sea and anti-Israel. That never mind. At what is at their core is sort of an utter disbelief in the in the notion of the institution of the nation state uh but that's a much larger never mind and but, different question but this is like the one of the more one of the most preventable such incidents that i've seen in a while where there were all of these warning signs the people who are told to say something if they see something they did that but the standard was so high that nothing came of it uh there were actually interactions with the police officers beforehand with this guy and I, oh this guy's a little crazy like all of these like signs, it's like if we can't stop this guy, then what is what is it that we're doing? Like you just just like one day you're playing bowling and you get killed because, like I don't understand. Right, and I'd like to. I mean, obviously we just sort of end up saying the same thing that we always say uh, when these things happen, which uh, obviously it's an anecdote. It's rare. It's not like you should be scared of walking out of your front door that you're going to be the victim of a mass shooting. Uh, caveat all of that. To me, this comes back down to what I said in my uh, in my in my piece about this that I've uh, I reference every single time that there's a mass shooting, which is that if the wages of the Second Amendment are so difficult for the rest of us to pay, then we simply will not tolerate it moving forward. And this is a good example of that, which not even in terms of the the 18 dead and the the other 13 people that were injured in this in the shooting at the bowling alley, which he then continued at a restaurant. I'm referring to the shelter in place order that was in place in that area for two days. Like that's the, that's the cost of having a second amendment apparently is that the state gets to come in and say, Hey, we don't think anybody should leave their houses right now because there's a maniac with an arsenal of 15 guns and who knows how much ammunition and we don't know what his plan is. And uh, yeah, there's a halfway decent chance that he's dead in a boat somewhere or or, or dead uh, wherever the hell it is that he last ended up. But we don't fucking know. And so uh, part of the cost of having a second amendment is that we're going to tell this whole goddamn region that they shouldn't leave their houses for the next few days until we can figure out what the hell is going on like that's not a cost that a free society is supposed right. to be asked to bear uh in order to have these guns and then the response is automatically going to be well if there had been a good guy with a gun at the bowling alley or at the at the restaurant then and so like that's your like the 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 other wage of a free society is apparently that everyone has to be walking around carrying a weapon capable of taking out someone who has uh, an assault rifle uh, on their right. person and, a, and, a, and an amount of ammunition uh, that could that could take out a small army potentially, right? right? Like how is that – like in what world – what is the world that you imagine that we all must be living in? And it's a nightmare world every time you start right. thinking it, about yeah, it. it it's uh, a ver- 
a far worse world than even the world that we live in now, uh, where fucking maniacs like this card asshole can uh, collect uh, uh, an arsenal and then go uh, shoot up a bowling alley in a right, restaurant. Right, and, and I think he was a good guy with a gun until he started. He became a little uh, off kilter, right? Like he wasn't he like a licensed and like a instructor and all the stuff before whatever happened to him happened to him. Like to me, it seems like that argument that you describe is kind of. A sergeant, a sergeant first class in the United States Army right. Reserve. Sounds like a good guy right. with a gun. Last I also kind of don't believe that there wasn't a good guy with a gun in any of the in a bowling alley. Right. Like, but the thing is, somebody probably had a gun, but they probably got shot. Right, because they the the shooter who's intending to cause all of this destru- destruction has the element of surprise, right? And there are so many soft targets. I mean. Is the idea that like okay, I'm going to play bowling with my buddies, bring a gun, and like I got to be situated in such a way where my eyes are like pointed, are like locked in on the entrance, like at all times I can't like relax for half a second, even when I'm actually literally bowling or I'm in the bathroom or I'm getting a pizza. Well, or you have armed guards everywhere, which I would personally be okay. But there are with, so many. But most people don't like aware, that. Like, Bob is picking up his coffee, like somebody everywhere. there. Like you would have to harden yes, up everywhere. so many places. Surveillance state, yeah. everything. And it creates this but most people don't like perverse that. incentive to where like it's like a lot of people who would otherwise not get guns, like consider getting a gun because like, oh my God, it seems like everybody has a gun. Like it's becoming like worse and worse. And like there'll be accidental discharges. People are going to kill themselves with it. It just creates this weird environment where, I don't know, the people who are like, I guess it's a trust deficit issue. It's like, okay, I would be in agreement with like some sort of like flag law to prevent this sort of thing when it's obvious. But like, I don't trust you because you're trying to take all of my guns, right? It seems like there's some sort of gap that needs to be filled to say like, even though people attempt to do that at every time, like say, that's not what it's about. We're trying to prevent this thing from happening, the preventable ones, but it's going nowhere. So it just seems like one day you'll get shot and then they can, they can be done about it. All right. The Sunday shows and uh, much of political talk in the last 48 hours has been devoted to the latest New York Times polling that came out that shows that uh, Joe Biden is in uh, big trouble, that uh, the election, uh, if held today, would almost certainly go in Donald Trump's favor in a, in a hypothetical rematch between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Biden is losing in five of the six battleground states uh, that matter here the only one that he's winning in is the whitest one oddly enough is uh wisconsin where he has a two percent lead everywhere else he's either losing he's losing between four and ten points in the other uh battleground states some of them i think nevada is pretty a big gap right it's like in nevada it's plus 10 georgia plus six arizona plus five michigan plus five pennsylvania plus four for donald trump and then wisconsin is biden plus two that's a disaster for joe that biden. is yeah a total and complete disaster and you know new york times siena like they're, they're pretty uh reliable i mean you know what the 538 grades like it's not like some junk kind of polling system right so when you like dig into it it seems like a lot of the uh, loss of support comes from Biden, otherwise Biden voters, right? So, like, I mean, he's always been underwater with Republicans, right? And every poll that shows, like, he's up a couple of points or down a couple of points from Trump nationally. Uh, you expect to see that because people won't like you if you're on the other party. But, like, a lot of the support that he had with people under 30 
it's fallen off a cliff. I assume it's because of this Israel-Hamas conflict. Is it a plus one that I saw? Is that right? The under yeah. 30 vote only goes Biden plus yeah. so one? All of the, yeah. And, and I think, I don't know what the exact number was, but it was like plus a lot more like a few years ago, like when he ran the last time. So it the biggest problem seems to be people— Biden's appro- you, you just you just briefly touched on it. Biden's approval rating among Democrats took a ten point hit in the week following the attack in Israel by right. Hamas, and his uh, what I think can only be described as uh, full throated and and absolute putting the United States and the American presidency fully behind Israel in the week that followed that. He took he went from an eighty percent approval rating among among registered Democrats to I think it dipped just below 70% among uh, the same group. And that was just on the Israel right. news. There's nothing and, else that meaningfully changed. And so changed. a lot of the coverage was like, hey, maybe uh, Joe Biden should should uh, bow out and let somebody else uh, come in. But the problem with that is, is, is this lack of support just Joe Biden or is there a bigger problem? Like is Joe Biden like a grievance magnet, right? Like whatever problem that you have with society, oh, the world's on fire, Joe Biden's fall, inflation is high, Joe Biden's – like whatever – wherever you're coming from, you're pinning it on Joe Biden. And if you remove him and plug in some other Democrat, then the numbers will get back to where it should be or where he was a great – it's because he was a great vehicle for let's move on from Donald Trump and get back to a more right. civil conversation. And he's the worst imaginable vehicle for building uh, a, a better tomorrow, right? Because he's not about tomorrow. He's 82 <laughs> goddamn years. He, he turns 81 this week, yeah. right? He turns 81 right. this week, I think. He'll be 82 uh, next right. November when he is, when the election happens. He's already the oldest uh, United States president. He hopes to be 86 years old at the end of his second term. It's not right. happening. That's but too old. if okay, so if the problem is localized to Joe Biden, then it's an easy fix, right? But my concern is that what well, except that uh, as you're about to say yeah. here, Kamala doesn't no, solve but, the okay. problem, right? Kamala doesn't solve the problem, but okay, what if this under third group uh this Israel Hamas conflict is a sticking point, right? There is no there's fuck the under thirty group. I don't like where you're going. No, at what all. I'm saying is like the, who cares? But you, you, they're unreliable voters. But like to the extent that they vote, the margins are comfortable for the Democrats, right? So they whatever votes they can get there, it'll it'll help with the margins. But the the point I'm making is all of the national Democratic candidates like let's say you're going to plug in a Newsom or the the Illinois governor or some other n- known name to just say okay get rid of Joe Biden plug somebody else in they'll have a similar platform on Israel right so like if you're going to lose those under 30s in either scenario then you're screwed either way right i mean like what is the you like if it's not a Joe Biden problem if it's like a issue problem the Democrats are not going to move from like Israel, right? So, it but is, if it's an issue, it, pro- it it's not like Donald Trump is a free Palestine right, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the Muslim ban like, guy. What? It's not going to be your ally. That's true. But it seems like it's it's a I'm upset, and 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 this is the only way I can express my upsetness through this poll, right? Like if they happen to call you, 
You're like, I'm not happy, so I'm going to give negative marks. Right, well, it becomes a it becomes a question of is Cornell West going to get on the ballot in your state or something, and then and then like, are you going to show up to vote if Cornell West is not on the ballot, right. or if for whatever reason you've decided you're going to vote for Kennedy? Like, there's a there was a that poll that came out recently that said that as an independent now because he's dropped out of the Democratic race. Uh, so-called, and instead he's going to run as an independent. He could be on the ballot in some 40-odd states, apparently. He's apparently in had conversations with the libertarians, which is uh, it would be an extremely weird marriage. That would be, yeah. But, <laughs> but the, the reason that it, it, it would be mutually beneficial for those two, for, for Kennedy himself and then also for the Libertarian Party, is that uh, for one thing, the libertarians will be on 50 ballots, right? The, 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 they have established uh, infrastructure in place that gets them on the ballot everywhere. So that's the appeal for Kennedy. The appeal for the libertarians is that uh, it doesn't matter who's at the top of the fucking ticket. This is a bullshit national organization that has absolutely no idea what it's going to be or look like in five years. But having somebody who can run, who can get 15 on the low end to 18 to maybe 22 percent, apparently, if you believe these polls of uh, national electorate would be huge for them just in terms of the brand. Right. It doesn't matter that the that it's a completely confused ideological brand if you put RFK Jr. at the top of the right. ticket, uh, because it, it what matters is that the L got 20 fucking percent of the national vote. That would be huge for them moving Moving right. forward, uh, I don't think that, that that's what's going to happen. I imagine that he ends up running as an independent. But if he's getting, even if he's only getting ten percent of the vote, and uh, there's reason to believe that this actually helps Joe Biden because of the nature of of where that vote would be coming right. from, uh, we would be in a situation where we might be looking at a United States president who's elected with like forty two percent. Of a national vote or something I mean, like I that, think right? That's uh, Bill Clinton territory in '92. Right. Uh, when r- r- yeah, 1992 yeah. level uh, mandate, so called. Uh, it worked for Bill. It's hard to imagine it working in the current environment, right? right? Like, it, there's something. There would be something that would feel sort of deranging if Joe Biden. Managed to hold on to the presidency with with barely forty percent uh, plurality of the vote. Uh, right, but 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 th- I'm I'm already deeply uncomfortable with the transition scenario for next time, either in in either direction, whether it's the moving to a second Biden, like like the the, the feeling of uh, potential for conflict, uh, local domestic political violence uh, feels higher. Probably now in 2023. Oh, I wonder why. Uh, than it ever has before, uh, given what we saw last time around. Is there a chance that the 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 Democratic coalition is fracturing, or is this just a just a snapshot of a moment in in a 2023 year? Right, like a year from now, is it gonna? People are gonna realize, okay, these are my options, and this is the least bad option, and people will go to their sides. Or is this like they need to come up with a new formulation? Like we can't count on 
the college age people even more so than we usually don't count on. Like, th- there needs to be some sort of like twenty two percent of black people apparently are now, uh, according to this poll, are on Trump's right. side. Right? That is a in our lifetimes there has not been twenty two percent of black people who would vote right. for and, a, and there for won't a be either. Right? I think the, the polling. I think again, there, there is some. I'm assuming there's some noise because people are upset. Like, and this is a way to demonstrate that upsetness because, like, all right, so this week, like, your Commonwealth of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, there are two races, right? You have, especially in Kentucky, you have a otherwise popular Democratic governor running in a red state, right? So, like, if the theory goes that the Democratic brand is such that they're going to vote him out like uh, uh, governor Bashir. Uh, if they're going to vote him out that's like a bad bad sign like if he were to right. win then that still doesn't say anything positive about biden maybe it's like we just have an issue with biden like like in localized races in governor races we'll vote whichever way but nationally there's still a problem so like if it goes red in kentucky then it could be a a bigger problem where it's not just biden it's just like we're not into this does Biden have an exit ramp that makes sense that he should take to preserve his legacy, but more importantly, to preserve the likelihood of not handing the presidency to the feloniously convicted Donald Trump uh, in 2024? And does that off ramp look anything like, uh, look, I am super yeah. old, and also there's a war in Ukraine. And also there's a war in Israel, and also we're trying to uh, fucking figure out the domestic situation here in terms of inflation and Bidenomics and all of that stuff. And I'm going to uh, devote the next year plus that remains of my presidency to solving those problems, and I'm going to allow the democratic process to play out otherwise – uh, this is something I've been calling for for a Ooh. couple of years now. Ooh. Or you, he could just fake his death. It wouldn't even be. It wouldn't even be not believable. Everyone would think, "Oh, he died." It's, yeah. Just fake his so death. In, 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 so but, can he? Can he LBJ yeah. this? So in nineteen sixty-eight, sort of like LBJ, he did let the primary process play out for a little, he, just to kind of see. Oh, maybe. All the negative uh, indicators are bullshit. Like he let a few primaries run their course and he was looking bad. And I think it was like almost pushing April, like end of March. He. Yeah, but this was a different. It was a, it was a right. different time, right? Like there was. They weren't. There was no Starbucks then. <laughs> right, but. but They didn't start the presidential election season uh, fucking 18 months after the last presidential election. Right, the timeline election will have to shift. So you have the yeah. no name guy generic Democrat running as a stalking horse for somebody else. Uh, Dean Phillips, right? The guy that's making the rounds. Dean Phillips, right. the fucking gelato right. man. He's yeah. running just in place of some... Lori, he made his money... He made his money... Uh, we talked about him. ...by selling Talenti. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about him. I have a question. Who was the Democratic front runner four years ago right now? It was like a... Uh, Joe it Biden. It was a mixed bag until, no. until the... Cause it was till Super, Super Tuesday. Tuesday when they, it, he was like bottom of the list. He was like list. fifth in Iowa, like actually in the right, right. But the, he was always the establishment sort of pick there, I think. And no, it all it all cohered 
It'll in one day. Because uh, a plurality of South Carolinians who are going to vote for the Democrat at about a 42% clip anyway, they're going to lose by 15 points uh, in South Carolina. So we give we give the people of South Carolina uh, <laughs> an ability to choose the next president but, effectively. Uh, but, like, who was the front runner? Was it, like, Bernie Sanders? It was, like, they kept on was it someone we... Beto? It was like, yeah, a bunch of... Like, this doesn't... Right now doesn't matter. It's a different situation when there's... It's a different situation when you have two incumbents effectively running against each other. I just... I just... I think that I appreciate the poll, but I think it's a little bit, like, fake news. Right, but, but I think people already have some misgivings about, like, a very old guy running... A year from now for four a four year term, and so yeah. whenever they see, it's not even about it's not even about this poll. This is about the fact that he is severely under he is a, as unpopular a president as this country has ever had at this point in his presidency. Right? He's a, and maybe it's just the new normal, right? right. Because Donald Trump was a viciously unpopular right. president uh, for much of his pres- presidency, and certainly at this point in his presidency, he had found the floor. Right? He was he he spent most of the last couple of years of his presidency in that forty. Two forty-three percent approval rating range, right. I believe, which is where Joe Biden has been hanging out as Although well. Now that's dipped, like I think, like at thirty-nine now. But like, yeah, in that neighborhood, right now he's right. he's dipped below it. Uh, the point is, when a president is that unpopular, he does not win. And uh, the thing that is scary is that it sure looks like Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republicans, which means that if Joe Biden does not win. It's going to be goddamn Donald Trump again uh, who benefits from that scenario, right? Unless uh, uh, an act of God See, happens. Th- and that, that's the part that I find implausible because, like, whatever arguments you can make about, like, a unpopular Biden, like, why would you go back to that well where it ended so poorly, right? It- because we're fucking stupid, eh? Because we're a very <laughs> dumb country, and he's got a like I don't know what to tell you, but he's got a fucking six point lead in Georgia. He's got a ten point lead in Nevada, right? And I believe those numbers. I don't think that they're fake news. I think that they're like it, it makes sense in my head that after the last few years, that there are enough fucking dumb people who are going to be like, well, you know, but we could just go back to Trump, and that would be fine because Trump was awesome and that was funny, and we should we should go back to doing that. And inflation didn't suck as much back then. And you know what? It's probably true that there would be more confidence in the american economy under donald Even trump than there is under see, that's a, it doesn't it doesn't have to right. comport with any reality right it, that's not how this but works that's what, the impossible thing like this has been a stubbornly strong economy right like they're, they're trying to like fuck it up just so they can bring the the, the inflation down right and they can't tame right. none of that none of that matters if if it costs five dollars for a loaf of right. bread right none of none of the employment numbers matter i mean as an example of someone who is outside of the labor force for the last few years uh it feels like there's still several there's still a huge amount of untapped potential in this economy just in terms of a labor force that is uh essentially electing not to work uh for for one reason remember they said like there are like upwards of nine million unfilled jobs i mean there's jobs aplenty in Georgia, I don't know how it is in other states. In Georgia, gas is like two sixty, two seventy. Like no, like right. So like it's like whenever bad things happen, oh man, this fucking sucks. Whenever things are like okay, no mention. I think there seems to be some sort of people are just in a bad mood. Like I don't know if it's what it is, 
whatever's going on in other parts of the world. But like even good news is not met as good news. It's just like ah, I, right. I'm still mad about this. Well, it's in, it's inflation news. over it's it's inflation over everything. But okay, uh, among Bob, I, other things. I, I don't know what it looks like a year from now. If inflation is like in such a much better shape a year from now, he'll Biden will still be underwater. I think there's just some stubborn like. I made up my mind. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And he's bad for this. I think we're done with right. Joe Biden. We didn't like, as a country, as a culture, we didn't like right. Joe Biden, right? He tried this in 1988. Right. We were like, ah, fuck <laughs> off. What are you talking about? He tried this again against Obama. We were like, ah, fuck off. And then he became America's grandpa because he was a perfectly acceptable vice president. And he's got a sob story about his wife and his kids, uh, all of whom die. And it's like, okay, we like you just fine. And then uh, the stars aligned just right. We're just like, okay. We're going to go with fucking Joe, right? Because that's the only way that we can get past the fucking Trump asshole. And he doesn't have the presence of mind or the, or the humility to acknowledge, like, I did, my, I did my part and now I'm going to move along. And that is, that is all I would ask of Joe Biden is just to have the presence of mind and the humility to say, you lucked into an impossible situation that you couldn't possibly have imagined to, to cap a career. That is sort of a joke, uh, right? You were just this fucking blowhard from Delaware who'd been in the job for fucking forever and who failed to become a presidential nominee over and over again throughout your life. Like, take the goddamn right. win. Take your winning off the goddamn table and go spend the rest of your life on the beach in Delaware and let let somebody younger right. figure I mean, it out. He, you know, the best... There are so many younger people. The, 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 the best characterization of, of Biden before he became president was like he would like this affable gaff machine. Like he just would step on it every time he'd be smelling people for some reason. Like, and then he saw some sort of Whole like oh my god if by if uh, Bernie is the guy in twenty we're gonna lose so I'm gonna swoop in and try to kind of right the ship because I'm the most viable of the candidates I'm a no name if he determines that he's no longer viable or his handlers tell him like this is not just like a random poll in the fall of twenty three like everything is going the other way the money's dried up like for an incumbent like we've never seen this environment like you can't win in this environment. Then he should just fuck off. Right. But like, they need to come up with Plan B because we're not going to talk about Israel this week because we've talked a lot about Israel. But I do want to say that my disappointment with Barack Obama only grows because he's choosing to spend whatever a cultural and political capital that he has to talk about how uh, aren't we all complicit in the situation going on in the Middle East instead of going to Joe Biden and saying, hey, you fucking old dying fuck who's going to hand the country back to Donald Trump. Uh, it's time for you to get out of the way. And if you don't remove yourself from this situation, I'm going to use what political and cultural capital I have left to insist that that's how things ought to be publicly, right? This is this is uh, this is the sort of soft power that an ex-president like Barack Obama, the sort of soft threat of the deployment of that power that he could make to Joe Biden. Maybe, maybe he, he is. He might be the only person in the country who has that sort of power. Uh, and he's instead choosing to talk about how we all should be experiencing collective guilt for what's going on in the Middle East right now. Like, fuck off, I guy. Was, uh, be, uh, before uh, uh, the former president applies that kind of uh, pressure, uh, it's important to get a viable alternative that has a better chance to win, right? It can't just be anybody but Joe because, like, what if you put yourself in a worse position by picking up some random guy? You know, like, you can't just – 
plug in somebody else because of some polling. Like there has to be some sort of coherent is plan. J- is Jared Polis or Pete Buttigieg or Kamala Harris not better than Joe Biden? Pete Buttigieg is so on much paper, better. But he's been eating shit with all these uh, fucking uh, airline issues, right? He's the, the, the transportation guy and he's, he's getting – yeah, that's that's fucking. No that's, one knows about that's that. Small bore nonsense. That, that nobody fucking cares. You nerds know about that. Uh, all right, let's uh, move along here. I got a couple of fun things I want to do. Uh, first, let's let's do some Strassman. It's now time for America's favorite game show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News's senior national correspondent, get off a good one? Doctor Luann Woodward. At the University of Mississippi Medical Center, she's the alpha leader fighting the Delta variant. Strassman gets off a good one. A couple hours later, the mob trampled the Constitution and Roseanne Boylan of Kennesaw, Georgia. Ooh, sorry, Mark. Try again next time. Uh, Strassman, who hadn't hardly worked in the last uh, couple of months, seemingly, uh, has like six reports in the last couple of weeks. So he's been he's been busy. Uh, this is not his best report. His most interesting report was actually one that we won't play here, but it was uh, talking to a lady cop who's in charge of NFL security, and that was on the CBS Morning Show that I'm sure that you'll see at some point in like December <laughs> when you uh, catch up to current <laughs> the current news cycle. Uh, but this was from uh, this was from a couple of days ago. And as CBS's Mark Strassman reports, farmers are now reaping a harvest that's meager at best. Van Hanserling grows peanuts and cotton, but this Mississippi farmer is harvesting a disaster. It probably took two-thirds of the cotton crop and and probably half of the peanut crop. I've been farming for over 40 years, and I've never seen anything like this. His losses alone, about $1.2 million. Too much heat, too little rain. This one's got a, a, a piece of a bean in it. This summer's same one-two punch that knocked down Jack Dorsey's soybean harvest in neighboring Louisiana. He calls soybeans poverty peas. Everything hurts on a farm if, if uh, you're not getting everything, all the potential out of your crop. Over the summer here in Franklin Parish, 27 days of triple-digit heat baked crops. Making matters worse, between mid-July and the end of August, no rain for nearly six weeks, not one drop. Another issue for these soybean fields. It never really cooled down at night during the scorcher of a summer that further stressed these beans, which further stressed these farmers. Summer extremes hit farms from California to Minnesota to Mississippi. Its impact hitting farmers like Daly and consumers like us. He's lucky. His loss, about 15% of his soybeans. It looks like we're going to get our crop out, which is huge. It's what always seeds of farmer's outlook. Optimism. Mark Strassman, CBS News. Extension, Louisiana. All right, Abe. Did uh, senior national news correspondent for CBS News, Mark Strassman, get off a good one this week? Yeah, I like that one. Strassman gets off a good one. You like them. All right. Congratulations. That's fine. But, like. We know it's hot. That was a boring story. It was. It was a boring story. <laughs> like, but there's he, no reason. You don't have to have farmers tell me it's first, hot. It's hot. First line of the story: uh, harvesting disaster, and then the <laughs> the the button is uh, is uh, something about seeds and optimism. Like this That's is right. 
This is Mark Strassman can do these in his fucking sleep, and I'm I'm so disappointed that he hasn't been uh, doing them lately. I mean, he did he had a Face the Nation hit on Sunday about uh, how pissed off everybody is because of what's happening in Israel. It's like he didn't even try. He's like, oh, he, yeah, he well, it's a, you can't. He wasn't gonna pun that with a ten foot no. pole. No. Uh, but but send him to a, a farm in Mississippi, and he'll he'll figure it out. That's the great thing about Strassman. He can he can read the room, read the audience. He knows don't get too cute with something like that. This has been America's favorite game show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News' senior national correspondent, get off a good one? Total pro that Mark Strassman is. All right. I have a new feature that I want to do here from time to time. I don't know if we'll do it every week, but... Uh, Bet you won't. Bet you do it twice. No, we'll do it more often than that. I'm just going to okay. share this screen here as I'm going to read it to you. This is the... I don't have a name for it yet. We'll figure that out as we go. And I'm open I'm open to you guys uh, giving me feedback here because there's some particulars here that I've decided on, but we'll maybe we can we can hash out the details. It's long and it's 10:30. Yeah. Uh, this is the Billboard Hot 100 game. Okay. We will prove the degradation of the culture using the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And we will do that by randomly choosing a song on this week's Billboard <laughs> How old and out of touch we are. Yes, that's the joke. You're going to prove. Hashtag that's the joke. Uh, We'll choose a song on this week's Billboard Hot 100 and compare it to the song in that same position for the same week Ah, of a randomly selected song between January 1983 and July of 2012. If we happen to select. Uh, 2012, by the way, uh, we and we're currently past the third week in July, as we are right now, we will default to the July 21st, 2012 Hot 100 chart. And you might be asking yourself, why July 21st, 2012? And that's because July 21st, 2012 marks the last time that Party Rocker's LMFAO <laughs> appeared on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's go! Let's go! Party Rocker's in the house tonight Everybody Simpler times. That was the end of the run for Party Rock Anthem. Uh, it also happens to roughly coincide... Is that coincide... the day the music died? Is that what the song's actually about? <laughs> uh, it also happens to roughly coincide with Taylor Swift's transition to making pop music because in October of 2012 is when the album Red came out, which was her first pop record after making uh, a country pop before that. And it's firmly into Drake's time at or near the top of popular cultural... Uh, okay, but what does this have to do with anything? It also uh, further puts the hosts of this podcast in the middle of 2012 at uh, roughly 29 and a half years old, which is uh, plenty old enough to have decided that uh, everything new sucks ass, right? <laughs> so it, it's at the very yeah, tail end. Then. We're about to become 30. We should be basically fed up with pop culture, except sort of amused every now and then. For example, uh, perhaps... Uh, some parties here might have been amused by uh, the party rock anthem. Yeah, well, it's great. It's it's first of all great, and also like we might have been out in bars then. We weren't, but we might have been. Sure. I wanted to note also because I was uh, Wikipediaing about uh, uh, LMFAO earlier today. I'm actively today. annoyed that I haven't heard that song since you've mentioned it. I'll, I'll play it for you shortly. Uh, the album that that song was on was called 
uh, Sorry for Party Rocking was the name of the LMFAO <laughs> album. And the, the fourth and final single that LMFAO had on the Billboard Hot 100, this is a very brief appearance. It did not have more staying power than uh, Party Rock Anthem itself did, uh, was Sorry for Party Rocking. Sorry for I would like to point out that this song is uh, extremely similar to Party Rock Anthem itself. Uh, Have you listened to the Chili Peppers? Do their songs sound a little bit like all their other songs? If you like the thing, you like the thing. Shake that. Every day I'm shuffling. Shuffling, shuffling. Step up fast and be the first girl to make me throw this cash. We get mine, don't be mad. Hating is bad. My brain is telling me I've never heard of that other song. This song? No, the previous, the the one that barely made a. Oh a yeah, dent. the sorry. No, I don't think I had heard that either. This one is a. This one, yes. Everybody knows this one. You know why everyone's heard it? Because it's, it's awesome. How do you decide that the hype man's let's go or yeah belongs in the song? Art. Like, how many are it's, in there? You don't just, you, it's, and then it's you're within like, nope, you. not that one. That one's got to go. <laughs> it sounds exact. In my head, this, if you told me this is Gungam style, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. That was after. I don't. This you're getting off track. I'm with getting your game. super off track, but like I gotta Holy hear this Gangnam style Almost now. Five billion views. Yeah. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. How is this any different than that other fucking song? This what is, is the- Korean. Come on, it's totally different. It's the same fucking thing. Oh man, good times. All right. So the point is, is that that the shit. The point is, music was good then. That shit not sucks. anymore. Uh, but at least it was like entertaining and like, I'm sorry, but 40 years from now, if I hear LMFAO party rock anthem at my fucking grandchild's wedding, God forbid, uh, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, remember that? Yeah. And if I hear almost literally anything on the current Billboard Hot 100, I will not. So there's uh, at least the point one song that, that you would you will like. It's a what's cover. that? That's popular now. Yeah, it's it's the the fast cars thing. It's, I'm sure it's still no. Oh yeah, wrong. that's true. Rude. It's probably Abe's already off the, off the Hot podcast. 100. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've set up a a a. a some dice, okay? And the yeah. dice are going to roll between a 1 and a 30, and then between a 1 and a 100. So the, the 1 to 100 is going to give us where on the Billboard chart we are going, right? right. Uh, any of those right. 100 songs. And the 1 to 30 is going to tell us uh, what year we are comparing 
that song against. All right, it's a very simple system. It just takes some Year explaining. Year one through thirty. What are you talking about? Nineteen eighty-three. As I said, we I'm, I'm oh. sort of arbitrarily setting it at roughly right. the beginning right. of our lives, and and bringing it up to us being okay. uh, twenty-nine and a half years old uh, when LMFAO last appeared on the Billboard Hot 100. So I will I will now click the button and roll the dice, and I got. Uh, number 76 is going to be the uh, song that we're looking for. We should do this in the other order. And it's number two. That's incredible. So we're going to go all the way back to 1984. It's be bad. This is the this is the point. It might right, be so bad. Hollow notes. Can I guess? Like who's the who, who's the <laughs> you yes, can absolutely you can guess. I'm just Abe. guessing Hollow notes right off the bat. <laughs> all right. So we're going to pull up. I'm going to pull up the Billboard Hot 100 for this week. All right, this is uh, Billboard Hot 100 for the week of 11-4, according to the website here. Uh, number one is a Taylor Swift song from fucking 10 years ago or something, because everything sucks. Uh, <laughs> like a redo? Like a like a she did her own? Yeah, it's one of her thing. old songs that's popular again. What did I say? I said 76? Mm-hmm. All right, this is perfect. 76 is a song called Daylight by Drake. Okay. So we will pull that up. I'll play a quick clip of that. To my knowledge, never heard this song before. Abe, are you familiar with it off the top of your head? No, I'll have to hear the music. Is that what Drake sounds like these days? It sounds like him now. Yeah. But, you know, all, all yeah, this uh, sounds like... stuff sounds kind of the same. Yeah, it sounds like this. All right, so that's uh, Daylight by Drake, apparently. Uh, that wasn't the worst. I'm going to pull up the 1984 Billboard Hot 100 for November, first week in November. It's going to really do a number on your YouTube. Oh, it's going to be a disaster for my YouTube recommendations. It's going <laughs> to be so bad. Really? YouTube is aware about how much Bob loves boys to men. <laughs> what year would that have to be? Like 90-something? Yeah. All right, so this is a uh, first week of – all right, so Sunday the 4th. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, the week That's of one day off from this Sunday, week. November 4th, 1984. The number one song was Caribbean Queen by Billy Ocean. I don't know that. I don't know it either. But we have to go down. It doesn't matter what the number one song was because we have to find what number 76 was. But that's not a bad week. Abe guessed Hall and Oates. Ooh, Concealed Weapons oh. by the Jay Giles Band. Jay Giles Band is the centerfold band, if I'm not mistaken, right? Girlfriend was a centerfold, isn't Angel that Jay Giles is a band? centerfold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Gotta a pretty good that song. Yeah, Billy Idol's there. Girlfriend. Pretty good stretch of... No, I don't, I don't like it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jungle Love, number 78. That would have been a good I one. I just here. really don't like 80s music. All right, we're going to play a clip here from Concealed Weapons by the Jay Giles Band. Yeah, 
like this song. Look at a hell of a video. That uh, it was not better in 1984, no, but no. it wasn't worse, and it, right. it it I can't say that it was more memorable. So this is uh, right now. I think it's a push. It's a push uh, this week, right? Between Jay Giles Band and Drake. I didn't know I'd be so happy when that song ended. Can you put on LMFAO again? Let's see. What's another LM? What was the other LMFAO? No, no, no. Game over. There's another Round LMFAO over next week. I thought it was just that. Abe, you're goddamn right. There's another shot, LMFAO. Shot, 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 shot. I mean, that's Little John, but they're involved. You don't remember this one, Abe? I'm sexy and I know it. I'm sexy and I know it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> they had so many good ones. So many. They had literally three songs. I mean, it wasn't great in 2012, but it was better than it is now. Look at the the still of that video is all you need to know about how much better it was then than now. Anyway, I think that's going to be fun moving forward. I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to strike out with the Jay Jay Giles band every single week. Although that would be funny too if it just <laughs> it, it just kept being the Jake Giles band, <laughs> the staying power of. <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on uh, the website brainiron.com, castironbrains.com. The uh, opening and closing themes of the show. Uh, which are both better songs than that new Drake song or the yes. Jay Giles band song. 100%. Uh, were composed by Mark Gillick, tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com for more of that. Abe, uh, I would like to, in addition, because what we do here at the end of the show is we let you talk about uh, what you've seen at the movies, and I have done a poor job of talking about what I've been indulging in outside of the content maw. So you you go to the movies and that's what you indulge in that is not because when I think of the content maw, I think of uh the garbage streaming services that we all have uh coming into our houses or uh or whatever is coming to me over my Twitter feed. Uh I spent more time on Twitter in the last week uh consuming mostly Israel Hamas content. Uh, than I have spent on Twitter probably in the last three or four months, and it is not good for me in yeah, any way I've at all. It. I've don't said it. I've said it twice a day. I've said it so many times. There is a Michigan cheating scandal that yes. you can pay attention to, yeah. and you choose to poison your brain. Yeah. So I got to get off uh, Twitter again, and part of the reason is that I think that their algorithms have gotten better in the last uh, couple of months. At feeding me shit that I want to engage with, uh, which means it's time for me to leave again. Because, like, Elon took over and things sort of went to shit and it got real bad there. Um, 
It was always and shit. It just got shittier. It, it was always shit. It got shittier. And a lot of my like reliably good posters who I would go to for good content sort of stopped interacting as much on the site and they continue to not do that. But Twitter's for you algorithm, I think has gotten better at delivering shit to me that I want to interact with, which is, uh, and not in a good way, right? Not, not in any way <laughs> that is uh, healthy for me. And so I probably need to uh, step back from that. So I'm going to try to make a point here at the end of saying what I'm uh, indulging in that's outside of the content, Ma, since you you do your movie thing, right. uh, which I invite you to do now. Uh, so so go. So I, I will say, uh, before I, I mention the movies that I went to go see, I am growing concerned by the uh, limited options um, at the – at the theater, the yeah, well, so like Five Nights at Freddy. Did you go see that? I did not go see that. I never heard of this. Apparently, it's something the kids are into. I've never heard of it. Yeah. And the only stand, the only thing that I need to clear is my willingness to leave my couch and ride oh. my bike or take my car to the theater, right? Because That's basically everything couch. else is a a controlled kind of factor, right? I'm not paying any more money. It's just like a monthly right. thing. So. The only obstacle is my wanting to leave my place to watch a movie in the theater for five nights or whatever. I said, fuck that. I'm not going to watch it. So had we recorded last week, I would have said that I did not watch anything in the theater. Instead, I stayed in and I watched. uh, I always go back uh, to watch movies I haven't seen from the years gone by. And uh, the movie that I settled on was uh, Sophie's Choice. I was like, oh, this would be a fun movie. Oh, wow. Something about choices, yeah. right? And a bad uh, time. Wild Wild West. Kevin Klein was in this. Uh, Amazing. And <laughs> the, you didn't was, watch Wild Wild West. No, I've already no, seen Sophie's Choice. No, okay, just, yeah. you know but Kevin Klein. From I remember Wild we were talking. I had mentioned him, and then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> right. there's that fucking guy again." Good movie. Very um, pretty By depressing. Way, and Dave, is, and Dave uh, as well, where you can fake your death if you're me. president. Uh, but. I went and listened to that song because I joked about how uh, the amount of restraint that it's taking me for, uh, to not start rapping in the fashion of uh, Will Smith and Drew Hill and Cool Modi in the Wild Wild West theme song. And I, we listened to the song. That song is so much cheesier. We watched the music video. We didn't sillier. just listen to the yeah. song. Then I could have possibly remembered. Really? Even more so than your recollection? I knew that it was a cheesy and silly song. (laughs) But look at this, Dave. This is Will Smith at the absolute peak of his powers, by the way. Not only at his absolute peak, he turned down, unless the story is uh, incorrect, he turned down the Matrix for this. Yes. And I'm going to jump. No, oh, here it is. No, it's not Cisco. What's it, Cisco? Okay. Anyways, uh, there was no uh, music uh, in Sophie's Choice. There was uh, another guy. I, I know uh, some of the actors from like things that they probably aren't known for by other people, but the other guy in the in the movie, like there was like 
uh, Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein, and then there's fucking Hanger On. Uh, and he was, uh, I remember he was like the chief of staff of 24. I was like, oh, there's that guy from 24, season six. Nice. Like, know him in that way. <laughs> uh, but no, the movie is good. That fucking piece of shit Nazi guy who was like, oh, you got to pick one, even though he's going to kill them all. Well, I don't think I've seen Sophie's Choice I since I saw it. it in high school. Uh like I was probably like 16 when I saw Sophie's Choice. I probably need to go back and watch it again. No, it's good. Uh, I uh, I did go. I apologize to- for uh, for for interrupting you again, but it would be amazing if there were a song like Wild Wild West <laughs> in Sophie's Choice. <laughs> Can you imagine what year is Sophie's Choice? Like 82? 78 or something? 82. 82? Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> I think it would be a different movie. Actually. Can you imagine the Jay Giles band uh, <laughs> doing the theme song? That's probably in the soundtrack somewhere. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I great. did manage to go to the theater this past weekend. There was uh, Priscilla, uh, basically. Oh, uh, uh, Sophia Coppola's new yeah, movie, correct? The Coppola yeah. movie. It's, it's a decent movie. The one thing, it's very jarring seeing the Elvis movie, like from the vantage point of Elvis, like a year ago, mm-hmm. and Priscilla from the vantage point of Priscilla, because, like, I guess it, it never dawned on me how young she was. She was 14. She was very young. Yeah. She was like in the ninth grade, fucking diddling around. I mean, diddling around. She's playing around with some like homework or whatever. And I think the movie was trying to kind of highlight that. I think he was like 10 years her senior. It was very weird. Like when you look at it from that point of view. But right. like in Elvis, a year ago, this guy's like helping out with the civil rights movement, like a totally different like uh, view of Elvis. In this movie, he's just like some schmuck. Kind of like controlling, kind of demanding, um, kind of like abusive. a fully grown man who's trying to marry a child. Right. There's yeah. a lot of that. Also, a fully grown man in the 50s. Yeah. Which, like, men weren't great then. Right. They're not great now, but they were worse then. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was mostly that. But uh, other than that, it was uh, pretty decent. Well, good. Yeah. Not a lot on offer here. Uh, no, I no, uh, I, I think got, I may yeah. I may barely get to I'm uh, I'm like at 59, so I need to watch 11 movies between now and the end of the year. There's maybe like eight good movies or movies that I'm interested in seeing. You so also I maybe, don't have to. That's just I don't. to pay for the thing. Yeah, but like I know you've that still gotten with all, all of the 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 the. the strike ramifications next year is going to be i'm going to be reading a lot this section will just be what i read because uh, there's not going to be a lot right. of movies to see uh so i'm like let me hit the 70 this year and i'll never hit it again are you uh do you have anything else do you want to hit on besides uh the, movie? the only other thing is i did see uh the south park special joining the uh, pandaverse uh, it was okay. pretty good they try to tie too many things together because like i guess there's a lot of material you can uh uh, pull from, but overall it was entertaining. And we uh, we're a few years behind on because South Park on at Paramount, this point. It's and all I confusing. Won't add any streaming it's... services? Yes, I realized I had Paramount that or I've been paying for, any. and I canceled oh. it. But they kind of let you run it. Uh, you know, like, oh, in like two weeks it'll be uh, over. So that's when I realized, oh, South Park has a thing. You've but, you've paid three hundred dollars for Paramount <laughs> over the last thirty six months. It's like ah fuck. It's not, now I got to I got to cram all this. I got to become a Star Trek fan all of a sudden. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Uh, I'm currently listening to on uh, audiobook a book called Julia uh, by Sandra Newman, who wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Men, which got her 
canceled before the book even came out. Oh. Because the book was about the disappearance uh, of all men and the angry transgender community came out uh, and condemned it before the book ever came out because apparently in the plot of her book, the it attacked the uh, people who were genetically a man and therefore uh, the trans men were still around when according... Anyways. Are you serious? Was a, this, this was actually a, a, a criticism leveled against the author? Yes. Because there was a, a, a TV show very short running because it wasn't very good, like X or Y or whatever. Basically, like there was some sort of virus that was only attacking men and it killed right. all the men and the women like... You know, did whatever. Right. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a trope. Uh, right. It's a it's a it's its own little mini genre unto itself. Uh, but she took a lot of shit because people who hadn't read the book became desperately offended by the fact that it was not uh, in keeping with the current political moment. Apparently, um, but anyway, I didn't read that one. I maybe I'll get to it. Uh, right now, I'm reading a book called Julia by her, which just came out. And it is not reading it, as I said. I'm listening to it. It's the same. It is 1984, but from the perspective of Winston Smith's love interest, whose character's name was Julia. Oh, right? okay. So, in 1984, we get the perspective of uh, protagonist Winston Smith. Uh, the woman that he uh, has an affair with is named Julia, and this is a novel from her perspective of that same. Uh, period in time and i'm only a couple of hours into it a couple chapters into it at this point but uh so far so good and i'm uh enjoying that i've also recently read the guy who wrote heart of darkness joseph conrad uh wrote other things and i was in a, a bookshop not that long ago and saw a copy of heart of darkness packaged with uh, another book and this was a situation where uh, I had read back in high school we were supposed to read Heart of Darkness in between junior and senior year and the copy of the book that we got uh, as part of that program included another book uh, by Joseph Conrad a shorter story that I read not realizing that I didn't have to and I had Remembered nothing about it except that I enjoyed it much more than I ended up enjoying Heart of Darkness. And I, uh, for years, couldn't figure out what the fuck the book was. Because I would look at a list of Joseph Conrad's published works and none of them rang a specific bell. And in fact, even as I'm talking about it now, I can't come up with the title <laughs> of this goddamn book. You went down the wrong road because uh, if you had just looked for copies of Heart of Darkness. Right. So I'll be right back. Oh, geez. No, you should have done that before. <laughs> this is uh, the two-hour mark, too. Look at that. I yeah. Thought it be no, right he's so at bad it. at stuff. Just <laughs> The Secret Sharer is the name of the Joseph Conrad uh, sort of a novella. It's only about 60 pages long or so. And it is a very interesting story about a guy who's a, a British sailor, sort of the not the height of the British Empire, but uh, but certainly when it was at the some considerable amount of its power. And he's uh, a young uh, man on his first commission as a uh, as the captain of a ship. 
and he's got a crew that uh, doesn't necessarily trust him because uh, he doesn't necessarily trust himself. He's very wet behind the ears. It's his first commission. And it's the story of somebody who uh, cast away from another another boat uh, comes in the middle of the night and hops on his boat. And then he keeps him secret from his crew. And it is about uh, what happens because this guy is accused of murder and it's about what happens, what unfolds over a few days while this guy is trying to keep uh, this accused murderer secret uh, on his boat. And it's a fascinating read and it's a very easy thing to get through after a couple of pages of, of sort of finding your rhythm with the story and then it's not clear to me, even after reading it uh, again now, like what the fuck it's about and whether or not it matters. Like a lot of times you read old literature and it's like, OK, I fully understand why this stood the test of time. And this it makes sense to me that this book, The Secret Share, the story, The Secret Sharer, does not resonate in a, in a long term sort of way because it's like it's hard for me to figure out. If if he's saying something more than is uh, is simply apparent in the telling of the story, it's not clear to me what the lesson is, or like what the what the message of it is, or what it is that he's trying to make a metaphor out of. Uh, so it's either a very slight work by an obviously very talented writer, or he's saying something that I'm unable to necessarily glean from the story itself. But anyway, it's a, a, a wonderful read and I, I recommend uh, seeking it out. And it, it's old enough that it's possible to find it out there in the world for free, more or less, uh, if you know where to look. Uh, but as I said, I happened to finally see when I was in a bookstore somewhere, the exact printed version. When you were in Denver. That I had. Yeah. Well, I was in Denver that I had in high school and couldn't help but to, but to snatch it up. And that was, that was I wasn't cool. even there. And I remember that. Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, that's what I'm uh, doing uh, outside of the content ma here lately. I'm going to read uh, Heart of Darkness as well, uh, just because I haven't read it since the summer before senior year in high school. And it's one of those that I think you're supposed to at least have some working knowledge of as a, as a grown-up American smart person. Uh, so I'll explore that again here in the coming weeks. Uh, what did we watch in the content Not much. ma? Uh, wait, did we watch something with the kids last week? Cause we didn't talk last week. We watched Ghostbusters. We talked about that, right? We talked about Ghostbusters. Sports. I think it was mostly just football. I yeah. got my COVID and my flu shot both. Yeah. Lori got a uh, double, so double was... shot this weekend. I didn't yet. I will at some point. We this played week. video games. We played the new Mario game. Yeah. The kids got some video games for their birthdays and we played the Super Mario Brothers Wonder on the Nintendo Switch. That one's pretty fun. Yeah. Football. Lots of football. We're watching the uh, Great British Bake Off on That's it. Netflix. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think anything else, right? I don't think we're watching anything good. Super lame. Also, there's nothing really good on. I mean, I'm watching the third season of Reservation Dogs, and it's not as good as the second season, but it's still very good. But yeah, I... my husband doesn't like to watch good TV with me because... He's a miserable person. I just don't. It's not fair. I just don't love watching television. Uh, it's just a bad time. So consistently, it just makes me. It makes me feel bad and want more at the same time. Okay, well, what is that? Why? It's like you're watching. You're you're not watching the good one. You make me watch the good one by myself. Yeah. 
because you you assume everything will be bad. It's really good. I did uh, consider. I mean, obviously, this is a show. We should just have five podcasts. So we have like <laughs> Cast Iron Brains, where we do the news, and then we should have uh, Cast Iron Balls, which is a sports <laughs> podcast, right? Where we talk about the sports news of the week. That's right. We should. We should have uh, uh, Christ in the Content Maw is my latest uh, idea, where Lori and I and Abe, this is great. We watch uh, because usually on on Friday or Saturday nights I fall asleep to an Amazon Prime uh, Jesus movie. Amazon uh, thinks some strange things Amazon about Prime us. Amazon Prime has a ceaseless, infinite library of bad. Like not not bad in the way that like I used to think of bad Christian movies as bad, which are like the ones that I have on DVD upstairs in my house like because the of Cameron uh, Variety, right? Because those are fucking awesome. Uh, but I'm talking about a library of like truly like, awful, like yeah, uh, like, ap- like apocalypse level, like, that- like Amazon. What so it's self-published, basically. Wasn't there some weird Germany, German sounding? Yeah, the pandemic one. Yeah. That like was that, good compared like that to level, a lot oh, of so the, worse than no, that. No, wor- worse. Oh, just awful, <laughs> like just god awful, uh, and and it's like, like shot on a phone. Yeah, <laughs> not a, like an iPhone seven, not a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like. And, and like treating it sincerely, because something else that I've been uh, indulging in in the content mall lately is a podcast which I highly recommend. It's called Big Feats, and it's uh, it's, it's spelled that way: B I G F E E T S. And it's from the guys no at One Nine Hundred Hot Dog, which is a, a comedy website. Anyway, it's uh, Robert Brockway, Sean Baby, and Jason Pargin are the three guys who host this show. Jason and, Pargin, my favorite person. Right. And there are uh, – there's a show that's available on Max called Monster Hunters, and it's where these five hillbillies uh, from West Virginia go into like uh, – Other the, parts they, of the Appalachian. <laughs> they go into the woods in like eastern Ohio or Kentucky or Tennessee or West, West Virginia. West Virginia. And they look for cryptid creatures, which are uh, like uh, cryptozoological creatures like Bigfoot or uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatches or hellhounds or uh, like werewolves. Mothman or werewolves. And But really what it is, is it's a, a very bad improv troupe of five middle-aged to pushing Older. elderly white guys uh, who are incredibly out of shape running around the woods at night pretending that they're on a Bigfoot hunt, right? And this this ran for hundreds of episodes. So uh, many. Uh, and the podcast is these guys doing an episode-by-episode episode watch of this series <laughs> and then talking about it. Is and there enough content to, to make a – like they, they do – You know, you know, did you – okay, the part – Bob's home – for six hours with not shit to do. What do you mean? What does this have to do with? That's not the question he's asking. He's asking how can you possibly fill an hour long podcast with a recap of a forty two minute long uh, when the commercials are <laughs> oh, ex- excised out of it? Uh, uh, yeah, show you, you, about you, dudes pretending to find Bigfoot. Yeah, you'll see like the former the people who were behind uh, Scrubs. They'll do like a podcast going talking about it. Same thing with like the West, you know, other shows, like right. scripted programming where there's some 
thing that you can latch on. I can on. assure you there's a there's an infinite amount of content to be I mean they've only begun to scratch the surface. There's so much of mining the depths of this show. Uh, but but similar to that where you you just have a very focused thing and your your audience appreciates uh your company basically uh and yeah. like that's what we should be I doing I would listen to them talk about I don't like the other two very much but in general I would listen to the people I like talk about anything Yeah you're wrong about that the the Brockway I am and, allowed to not like no, 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 people. No, no, but Brockway and Sean Baby are the better duo of the old cracked universe. I, there, there's it was too late, but like I find their broiness a little too broy for me, which is saying something because I love dudes. So they're much nerdier than they are broy, but I think Okay, but there's something off-putting about them so and it's the same thing that I feel about the Pod Save America dudes. It's something Oh, that's weird. A same energy? Sa- no. No, it's a, it's <laughs> no. not the same energy, but it's a like so I feel that, not great, quite welcome here. Okay. The reason that I like them so much is because they remind me a great deal of hanging out with uh, one of my best friends from middle school and early high school, whose name was Sean Crowley, who I haven't talked to in fucking 25 years or something at this point. But uh, he and I shared a very, to me, in my head, a similar dynamic to the dynamic that these two dudes have. Uh, and that's probably part of the appeal for me. Anyway, the point is, uh, that's a long way of saying we should probably have a podcast, a side podcast called Christ yeah. in the Content Maw, where so good. we watch these just they're so bad. They're so bad. They're so uh, bad. Jesus movies on on Amazon Prime and other they're uh, so outlets, bad and they they're and trying so hard. Here. I would get Amazon for that. I, I, I you know, like they, they promote. They, you they should just promote use ours. Are you pro- not a Prime subscriber? I am a. I have Prime through somebody, but that's, that doesn't extend to their library. Like I can get like stuff in two days for free, but it's not. It doesn't extend to the Prime Video. I'll I think bet the Prime it does. Video you just like don't realize thing. it. At least, no. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, maybe that's coming to your podcast feed here in the next little <laughs> maybe while. Maybe you could do that instead of this. No, it's fine. You just do this. this That's is, why. Because okay. this is going to okay, be a tight. Okay, but you just said you wanted to get off Twitter. This is going to be so a, like... a tight 90 minutes, obviously, two and a half hours into this episode. Uh, so we got plenty of time the rest of the week to do the, uh, no, I the have five school. other podcasts. I think there's Cast Iron Balls, though, got big potential there. That's the name <laughs> of my uh, fantasy football team as well, is Cast Iron Balls. How are they doing this year? Fucking 500, like everybody oh. else. Everybody sucks. This is the the lesson about sports these days. All the college football teams suck. There's like one good NFL team, and all fantasy football teams also equally suck. Right. I don't know. I don't know how or why, but that's just how it's working out. Uh, Abe, have you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight then, and we'll talk to you next time. Later. $100,000 bet on the New York football That's, Giants. Uh, that is a very bad bet. Because, like, what's, you, you know, whenever somebody it's gets a, fired, usually it can go either way. People can rally around, like, the interim or they can exactly. fall apart. Exactly. You're you know. flipping a coin there right. as to whether or not the locker room is greatly relieved and is going to rally around their new identity. Also, 
his new guy, the new guy is your guy from the G-Man? Is he? Yeah, the, the new guy is a, a wow. big time former G-Man. That's how G-Man. old we are. These fucking people that were like players are not like coach. Yeah. It's weird. Did, uh, what did the Colts do this weekend? Were they, they off? They beat uh, awful uh, uh, Bryce Young. By the way, I am oh, watching yeah, right. way too much Gardner Mishu. Like, you know, I, all I do is just watch Colts <laughs> football. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't sign up for this. Like, every week. And this upcoming week, I got to get up early. I mean, I am already up to watch the international game against the Patriots. But it's just like Gardner Mishu every time. It's like, no, it fucking sucks. I paid $400 for NFL Sunday ticket. And all I got was 17 starts from Gardner Minshew. And I'm not getting my full value because, like, even in a winning environment, it's like that's – if I watch Gardner Mishu for, like, three and a half hours – I'm done with football. It's not like, <laughs> all right, there's a great Sunday night game. I'm like, all right, that's enough football. I'm just going to watch the highlights tomorrow. Like, I just don't watch yeah. anything else. It's just. But, yeah. yeah, that's rough. The point being that, like, uh, sort of like the old thing about, like, you're so rich that you wouldn't bend over to pick up what amount of money off the floor because it costs you more in time and effort to bend over and pick up the $100 bill than it does to just keep walking on to the next thing. This sort of thing comes up a lot of times in very stupid Twitter or TikTok formulations where people are like, do you want $10,000 in cash right now? Or I could give you $5 a day for the next 20 years. What do you choose? (laughs) And like, there's always, it's always an obscene thing on one side and a a silly thing on the other. And you're always the idiot if you take this, the the obscene thing. It's like, wait a second, I don't understand the math here at all, apparently. (laughs) But I guess you're the brilliant TikTok influencer and I'm just the dummy. uh, sitting at home, not making any money. So I, I guess you've got it figured out, and I don't. But uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, except that. Uh... The proceeding was created with 100% human content.